And we're going to continue our series called The Invisible War, because I believe with all my heart, there is an invisible war that's going on. I believe deep in my soul, there's an invisible spiritual war that's going on. We can't see it. Sometimes we can't feel it, but it's there. And it's a war, listen, that's designed to take you out, to take you out of the race. It's a war that's designed to keep you from finishing the race that God has planned for you. It is a war designed to keep you from receiving the prize that God has prepared for you. And folks, in this war, you are the target. You and me, we are the target. Special forces are coming after you and after me. And their mission is to capture you. Their mission is to imprison you in enemy territory, which is hell, for all eternity. As I shared as we began this series, the Bible identifies these special forces as the flesh, the world, and the devil, and they are coming after you. And sometimes these special forces attack you on the inside. They tempt you to follow the desires of your flesh. So the war takes place within you, on the inside of you. Sometimes they attack you from the outside, and they tempt you to follow the patterns of this world. And so the war is all around you. Then sometimes the head of the special forces, Satan himself, comes directly against you. He comes like he did with Job. Remember the story of Job? He comes against you to steal things from you, family, possessions. He comes to kill your faith and destroy you. So the war is directly launched against you. Folks, as we continue this series, we're going to be looking at each of these special forces. Because if you don't know which force you are facing, you will not use the right weapons and you will end up losing the war and forfeiting the prize. The prize that God has always planned to give you, which is abundant life now and eternal life forever. So this weekend, we're going to look at your biggest enemy. And your biggest enemy, you need to know, is not Satan. Your biggest enemy is not the world. You are your biggest enemy. The desires of your flesh are your biggest problem. The desires of your old nature are the special forces that are at war within you. Now, if you are a follower of Christ, you need to know you've been given a new nature. Christ has put within you His nature, a nature that desires to know God and follow God and please God. You are a new person in Christ Jesus. The new has come and the old, the Bible says, has gone. But the problem is you still remember the ways of your old nature. Amen? You remember those old ways. You remember some of the things you did before Christ and that some of those ways were actually fun. (laughs) Wrong in the sight of God, but fun. And as Pastor Carl said last weekend, sometimes sin is fun. And from time to time, this special force called the flesh rises up and goes to war with your new nature which is is right and good and pure, knows what's right and good and pure. And sometimes you lay down your weapons and you surrender to that 
old nature. The new nature surrenders to the old nature, the old ways. Even though you know that what you're doing will mess up your life. Paul said it this way. I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. That's the story of you and me. That's our story. We're, on, we're at war on the inside with one of the special forces that is called the flesh. And at times, our flesh wants to do things the old way, things that are easy, ways that are quick, ways that are fun, instead of doing what's right in the sight of God, instead of doing what's best. So this weekend, let's look at how to win the war against the flesh. How to win the war against the old man and the old nature that wants to rise up. Let's take a look at how you can be set free and stay free from old habits. The Bible says, Paul writes, I've discovered this principle of life. That when I want to do what's right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart. But there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. In other words, he's saying, man, I, I've got this power inside of me and I can't stop these destructive habits within me. I've watched Oprah. I've gone to a Tony Robbins seminar. Even picked up and read a Dr. Phil book. And I've done all of these different things and nothing has set me free. I've still got this sin in me. I'm still a slave to this sin. And Paul goes on and says, oh, what a miserable person I am. Anybody say that with me? <laughs> oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And then he says, thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, notice in that scripture, he doesn't say, what will free me? But instead, he says, who will free me? That's because the weapon that can win the war that's going on inside of you is not a pill. It's not a program. It's not a book that you can read. The only weapon that can win the war inside of you is a person. And his name is Jesus Christ and his spirit who is living inside of you. So how can you win this war inside of you? How can you get free from this old destructive habits? Write this down, first of all. Remember Jesus' gift. Remember the gift of Jesus Christ to you. That's where we start. Remind yourself every day before your legs and your feet ever jump out of bed and hit the ground. Remind yourself of what Jesus did for you on the cross. Remember his gift that he's given to you, which is life, real life. You see, there's a lot of people who are Christians, but they don't act like it. There are a lot of people who have been forgiven by Christ. They've been set free by Christ, but they're not living free. They're still slaves to sin. The Bible says this, so now, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. For the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you through Christ Jesus from the power of sin that leads to death. 
The law of Moses could not save us. In other words, the Ten Commandments couldn't save us because of our sinful nature inside of us. But God put into effect a different plan to save us. He sent his own son in a human body like ours, except that ours is sinful. And God destroyed sin's control over us by giving us his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. Now the words, no condemnation in that scripture means that God the Father doesn't judge you for all the things that you've done wrong in your life. Wow. That's if you put your faith in Jesus Christ and trust in Christ to pay for your sins through the giving of his life once and for all on the cross. You see, God the Father doesn't have to judge you because he's already judged Jesus. He doesn't have to condemn you because Jesus took your condemnation from the Father. Jesus took your rap. Jesus paid your debt. So the first thing you've got to remember about Jesus' gift is this. You are not condemned. Amen? That's not on your outline, but write it down somewhere. First gift thing you want to remember about his gift is, I am not condemned. If you belong to him, God the Father does not and will not condemn you for your sin. This whole passage is talking to people who have given their lives to Jesus Christ. So if you've not yet decided to ask Christ to come into your life, And forgive your sin. You need to understand, this passage does not apply to you. You are still under condemnation. God will judge you for your sins. But if you have received Christ into your life, the Bible says you are under no condemnation. Now notice, it doesn't say after you become a Christian, you won't sin anymore. It doesn't say that after you become a Christian, you're not going to make some more, more mistakes. What it says is that you're under no condemnation. In other words, Jesus paid for the sins for your whole life. And all of God's people said, amen. When you stand before God the Father, he will not condemn you for any sin that you have committed at any time in your life. Amen? Wow. That's good enough to quit on right now, isn't it? But I'm not going to quit yet. Now, does that just give you a license to go out and sin whenever you want? No, not at all. Look at what the Bible says. The Bible says no one who lives in him, who lives in Jesus, no one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or really known him. Wow. If you just keep practicing sin and practicing, we all fall and make mistakes from time to time, and we confess our sins. Jesus says he'll be faithful to forgive us our sins. But if you keep practicing a sin and practicing a sin, and you love that sin more than you love God, the Bible's saying, doesn't matter what prayer you prayed, doesn't matter if you come to church every week, you've never really known him. You really don't know him yet. The Bible says for the power of the life-giving Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, has freed you through Christ Jesus from the power of sin that leads you to death. He gives you a power to say no to sin. When Jesus Christ comes into your life, it's, it's His Holy Spirit that really comes into your life, and He gives you a new power to say no to sin. 
And so the second thing you need to remember about Jesus' gift to you is that you have a new power. You are not condemned and you have a new power. Write that down somewhere. A brand new power in your life. His gift includes a new power for your life that's far greater than your willpower will ever be. Before you become a Christian, the only weapon that you can use to win the battle against some bad habit, sinful habit, is your own willpower. But how well does that work? <laughs> how long does that last? You ever tried to stick on a diet? <laughs> your own willpower? Doesn't work. But when you become a Christian, Jesus gives you a new power in your life. But sadly, lots and lots of Christians are still relying only on their own willpower to change. They've never tapped in to the new spiritual power that Jesus puts in their lives. They never tapped into the power of God's Spirit who's living inside of you. It's kind of like this. When you become a Christian, a new sheriff moves into town. A new authority moves into town. A new power moves into your life. And that new sheriff has the power that is far greater than your willpower. And he's got the power to kick all the bad guys out of your town. Amen? Amen. And that's what the Holy Spirit is living inside of you to do. To be the new sheriff in your life. The Bible says the law of Moses couldn't save us. Because of this sinful flesh, this sinful nature that we're all born with. So listen, keeping God's laws cannot save you. Somebody might say, well, I know that I'm going to heaven. Well, how do you know? And they might say, well, because I keep the Ten Commandments. And I'd say to that person, okay, name them. (laughs) Name them. (laughs) Most Christians can't even name all the Ten Commandments, let alone keep them. And if you... If you can't name them, how are you going to keep them? But even if you knew them, the Bible says keeping laws doesn't work because of our sinful nature. The Bible says because of this nature, laws only change our outer behavior. They don't change our inner behavior. They don't change you on the inside. I mean, when when you're driving... And you know that there's some laws concerning driving. Those laws may slow you down, but they never change the want to speed. Amen? I know this very well. I I like to drive fast. It doesn't change that inner want. It's kind of like this. You know, if if I brought a pig out here, and I really wish I could have brought a pig like this on stage this morning, but if I brought a pig out here, that have been rolling around in the mud, rooting around with his snout in the mud, smelly, stinky pig, and said to you, what is this? You'd all say back to me, it's pig. (laughs) Now, if I took that pig then backstage, gave it a bath, brushed its teeth, rubbed it down with some good-smelling lotion, tied a ribbon around its neck, brought him back out on stage, and I said, what is this? And you'd say, still a pig. The truth is this. You can spiff up anybody on the outside. But the nature on the inside is still the same. That pig still wants to roll around in the muck and the mud. To roll around and live in all things that are dirty. Because that's its nature. Folks, that is what happens with self-help programs. People go and... 
All you do is spiff up the outside. By sheer willpower, you say, I'm going to take a bath. I'm going to put on some new clothes. I'm going to start to look like a Christian. I'm going to, I'm going to go to church, and I'm, I'm going to kind of work on my language, and I'm going to kind of do on some stuff, and, 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 and I'm going to change my ways. And from the outside, maybe you look like you've changed. But out on the inside, you still have this same nature. You want to roll around in all things dirty. Folks, if you want a radical change, there's got to be a change on the inside. We've talked about that. There's got to be a change from the inside out. And only God can bring about that kind of change. No self-help program can change your heart. You know, one of the things we know here at Canyon Hills is that you don't expect somebody to act like a believer until he is one. Because he doesn't have the power of the Spirit on the inside to help him change. God knew that laws couldn't save us. Laws may clean us up on the outside, but they don't make us acceptable to God on the inside. Laws may tell us how to act. They may tell us what sin is and what sin isn't. They may help us act better, but they don't make us want to act better. The Bible says this. So God put into effect a different plan to save us. He sent his own son in a human body like ours. And God destroyed sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. The Bible goes on and says, and he did this, Jesus did this. He died on the cross as a sacrifice for our sins so that the requirement of the law that you've got to be perfect and holy to ever be accepted into God's heaven would be fully accomplished for us. He did this for us. It means if, if you were to die this weekend and God asked you, did you keep all my laws? As a Christian, you would have to say no. But then you could say, but he did. And you could point to Jesus Christ. And you'd get to enter heaven because of his righteousness. You get to enter heaven not because of your goodness or because you kept 100% of God's laws. Those things don't get you into heaven because nobody is good enough. Nobody but Jesus can keep the laws perfectly. But, but if you truly have become a Christian and given your life to Jesus Christ, God will say because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us, because he fulfilled all of the law for us, he'll say, friend of Jesus, come on in. And all of God's people said, Whew, amen. No, Whew, amen. <laughs> wow. Do you really understand what Jesus has done for us? I mean, if you really are serious about changing your life for the better, you've got to start where God tells you to start. And God doesn't say start with your behavior. God doesn't say start with your, your feelings or your, your emotions. He says start with your mind. Winning the war over temptation, getting free from destructive, destructive habits starts by changing your mind. The Bible teaches that the way we act is determined by the way we feel. And the way we feel is determined by our mind, the way we think. For instance, if I'm feeling depressed, it's because I, I feel depressed. If I act depressed, it's because I'm feeling depressed. And if I'm feeling depressed, it's because I'm thinking depressed thoughts. And if, if I want to get over my depression, I don't force myself to change my actions. That doesn't work. It doesn't work. I don't force myself to change my feelings. You can't change a feeling. You can't force a feeling to be different. It's kind of like a guy who says, I don't love my wife anymore. I say, okay, 
What are you going to do about it? And the guy says, well, I'm just going to force myself to feel love for her. Well, how will that work? It doesn't work. You can't force a feeling. It's like telling a crying little kid, I command you to be happy. (laughs) Daddy, I'm trying, I'm trying. You You can't force a feeling. You can't do that. When you try to force a feeling, everybody knows you're faking it. (laughs) You can't do it. What you need to do is this. Change the way you think. And that will change the way you feel. And that will change the way you act. Write that down somewhere. Change the way you think. It'll change the way you feel. And that'll change the way you act. So if you say, I don't have feelings for my wife anymore. Listen, you can act your way into a feeling. You can think your way into a feeling. So if you start acting in loving ways for your wife, you start thinking loving thoughts towards your wife, your feelings, I guarantee you, will come back. They will return. You act your way into a feeling. You think your way into a feeling, but you can't force a feeling. The good thing about this is this. Now that you're a Christian, you've got the Holy Spirit of God inside you to help you with your thoughts. To help put good and right and pure and praiseworthy thoughts in your mind. You are no longer on your own to change how you think. How do you get free from old destructive habits? First of all, you remember Jesus' gift. I am not condemned and I've got a new power in me to help me change. Secondly, write this down. And then you redirect your thoughts. You redirect your thought life. You you ask the Holy Spirit to help you have better thoughts. And folks, that's a prayer he's going to answer. (laughs) You ask him to help you think more pure thoughts, more holy thoughts, he's going to do that. The Bible says those who live according to the sinful nature, the old flesh, the old man, have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit of God desires. The mind of a sinful man is death. You're going you're gonna to be separated from God. It's going to destroy your life. But the mind controlled by the Spirit of God is life and peace forever. Two kind of mindsets. There's the mindset of your old nature and the mindset of the Holy Spirit. And you get to choose what you're going to set your mind on. And will you set it on your, your old nature desires or what the Spirit of God desires? It's your choice. But one has great consequences, death, and the other has great rewards, life and peace. The Bible says it this way, the mind of sinful man is death. That means it's self-destructive. What you think when you follow the thought pattern of the old man, the old flesh, the old ways, they're going to be self-destructive thoughts. But the mind controlled by the spirit of life and peace. How many of you would like to experience life and peace in this new year? Anybody? I mean, we're talking real life, real inner peace. You can have that if you set your mind on what's righteous. What is right and acceptable and pleasing in God's sight. You can change what you set your mind on. And that's the difference between living a life of self-destruction or a life of life and peace. Ask the Spirit of God who is in you to empower you to redirect your thinking. Redirect your thinking. You can ask Him to replace unholy thoughts with holy thoughts. 
You can ask him to help you replace those thoughts that are not acceptable in his sight with ones that are. You can choose what to dwell on. Satan gives you ideas. That's called temptation. But the Spirit of God gives you ideas as well. And that's called inspiration. Think about what the Spirit of God puts on your heart and mind. As a Christian, you've got a helper inside of you. You've got the Spirit of Almighty God in you. And you can say to Him, Holy Spirit of God, let your thoughts be my thoughts. I pray that all the time, and it changes my thinking. Let your thoughts be my thoughts. Invite the Holy Spirit to have free access to your mind. Because it'll keep you setting your mind and your thoughts on whatever your old nature desires. It'll keep you from doing that. And it'll set your mind on things that are pleasing to God. How can you be set free from old destructive habits? First of all, remember Jesus' gift. Ask the Spirit to help you redirect your thoughts and then resolve to say no. Decide before you even leave here today that I'm going to say no to the old nature. With the Holy Spirit in your life, you've got this new power, this new sheriff in town to help you say no to the old desires of the flesh, the old ways of living. The Bible says, let the Spirit direct your lives and you, here it is, will not satisfy the desires of the old human nature. If you let the Spirit direct your lives, you will still have the desires of your old nature, that nature you had before you gave your life to Christ. You'll still have those old desires. That old nature, that old man will raise up, say, remember how fun that was? If you let the Spirit direct your life, though, you will not satisfy those desires of your nature, old nature. You'll still have the same temptations, the same urges. You'll still have the same compulsions, but you just don't satisfy them because you have this power living inside of you, the power to say no. I've heard people say, well, why should I limit my desires if they're natural desires? Why should I rein in something if it's a natural desire? Because not everything that's natural is good for you. Arsenic is natural. Drink it and it'll kill you. Lots of natural things are poisonous. So just because it's a natural desire or a natural urge doesn't mean it's good for you. In fact, it may just destroy you. Paul is writing to us Christians and he says, but, if, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. As Christians... You've got the Spirit of God now living in you. You're not controlled by your sinful nature anymore. You're now controlled by the Spirit. And if you've got the Spirit of God living in you, the question is, do you have the Spirit of God living in you this morning? Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ living in them does not belong to Christ. Listen, when you ask Jesus to come into your life, you need to understand, you got all of God. When Jesus came into your life, you got the Spirit He came into your life. When Jesus came into your life, the Father, God, came into your life. You can't separate them. You can't divide the triune God like a piece of pie. And so the moment you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you got all of God in you to help you say no. Say no with me. No. I want you to practice that. You've got the power of the Spirit of God in you to help you say no to sin. 
You've got, think about this. God who created all that exists. God of the universe, the God who keeps it all working. He's living in you. Inside this temple right here. And he says, I got all the power you need to say no. To say no. How can you get free? Remember his gift. Redirect your thoughts. Resolve to say no. The next, run to the Father for help. Run to your Father for help. The Bible says, those who are led by God's Spirit are God's children. For the Spirit that God has given you does not make you slaves and cause you to be afraid. Instead, the Spirit makes you God's children. And by the Spirit's power, we cry out to God, Father, my Father. God's Spirit joins Himself to our spirits to declare that we are God's children. Folks, when the old desires start to rise up within you, turn to your Father. Run to your Father. Cry out to your Father. Rely on the power of your Father. And your Father, who loves you as His child, will set you free. You belong to Him. You are His child. And for you, he will release his power. And for you, he will set you free. Like a loving father, if you'll just run to him, he will help you. He will protect you. But lots of Christians are just saying, oh God, this is just so hard. But then we just try to do stuff by our own willpower. We got to get on our knees and we got to cry out to the father. Say, I'm your, I'm your kid, man. And I'm struggling here. The old nature, the old desires are rising up within me. I've resolved to say no, but God, I need your power. Help me to say no now. Amen? And God will help you. How do you get free? Run to the Father. Next, refocus on eternity. Turn your thoughts back to eternity. When the old desires start to rise up within you, focus on the long term, not the short term. Focus on the prize of eternity given to those who finish well. Folks, we're so good at focusing on on this earth on the short-term stuff, the remodel, the next car to buy, the next dress to buy. Well, I don't do that, but (laughs) the next, just the next temporary stuff. We're so short-term in our thinking, but focus on the prize to come. When those old desires start to rise up, don't focus on short-term gratification, but on long-term satisfaction. The Bible says, whoever believes in Jesus will never be disappointed. Amen? What God has planned for us will not disappoint. In fact, the Bible says, since we are his children, catch this, we will possess the blessings he keeps for his people. Think about that. God's keeping something for you, that prize. And we will also, get this, will possess with Christ what God has kept for Jesus Christ. For if we share in Christ's suffering here now on earth, we will also share his glory in heaven. I consider that what we suffer at this present time cannot be compared at all with the glory that's going to be revealed to who? To us. Did you know that? Did you know that when you get to heaven, you're going to get the blessings that God has been storing up and keeping there for you? And on the day of your arrival, you're going to get to possess and take hold of the blessings of God that he's prepared for you. Do you realize that then you're also going to get to share in the glory of Jesus Christ for what he did here on earth? Everybody say, wow, with me. Wow. The glory that the Father is going to heap on Jesus Christ for giving his life as a sacrifice to redeem you and me 
The glory that's going to be shed on him is going to also be shed on you and me for living for him. And all of God's people said, amen and wow. (laughs) When the old desires start to rise up within you, focus on the long-term blessings to come. And last, how do you overcome destructive habits? Remember that God is working for your good. If you're a Christian... You are God's child, and God's always working behind the scenes to bring good into your life and to help you become a godly person. And because he made you, he knows everything about you. And because you are his child, he passionately loves you. But because he made you, he knows you, he also knows your strengths and your weaknesses. And he is willing to help you in your moments of weakness. So that you can win the war against the desires of this old nature. He's willing to come and help you. The Bible says it this way. Also, the Spirit helps us with our weakness. We do not know how to pray sometimes as we should. But the Spirit himself speaks to God for us. And even begs God for us with deep feelings and words that words can't explain. God can see what is in our hearts, and the Spirit speaks to God for His people in the way that God wants. God knows your weaknesses. He knows the inner battles with your flesh. He knows how to help you with your battles, and God will bring good into your life in spite of your battles. The Bible says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who've been called according to His purpose. Not everything we face in life is good. But God uses it all behind the scenes to bring about good in you. Righteousness in you. You are his child and he loves you. And he will help you with your weaknesses because he loves you with an everlasting love. The Bible says this. So what can we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can Ever, I like that word ever, who can ever be against us? And since God did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't God who gave us Christ also give us everything else? Listen, no matter where the invisible war comes from, whether it comes from within you, the flesh rising up, or whether it comes from around you, or it's a direct frontal attack from Satan against you, God wants you to know that he is for you. Amen? Amen. Say it with conviction. Amen? Amen. Your God is for you. And if God is for you, who can ever stand against you? No one. No destructive temptation. No destructive habit can stand in the presence of Almighty God. For God will give you everything you need to win the war and to finish well. How do you get free when that old man raises its head and you, re- you remember those old ways of operating and you're drawn to some of those old fleshly desires? How do you get free? How do you stay free? Before your legs ever hit the floor in the morning, you remember Jesus' gift. There's no condemnation. There's a new power. You Begin to redirect your thoughts 
on what's full of praise and holiness and purity. You resolve to say no to any temptation that comes through the day. You run to the Father when it comes. You refocus on eternity, on the long term, and you remember that God is there. You're not alone. God is there working for your good. He loves you, and he wants to help you win. And all of God's people said, amen. I hope you take this stuff home. I want you to win. I want to win. Take it home. Put it in your life this week. Would you bow your heads with me? Would you pray this prayer that I've written this week? It's a prayer for individuals, but it's a prayer for our whole church. Father, I want to get free and stay free of every sinful habit. You have done so much to make a way for me to know you and to live with you in heaven. I want to live in a way that pleases you on earth. I want to run well. And I want to finish well. So this coming week, by your power, set me free. Help me stay free. I pray in Jesus' all-powerful name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.